0: in apex north carolina stay tuned at the end of the program we will give you information on how to contact us so be sure to have a pen and paper ready today pastor rodney will be teaching from the book of exodus chapter 5 so grab your bibles and follow along now with today's teaching here's pastor rodney
1: the bible says that god is the same yesterday Today and how long, saints? Forever. That means this, that the God in the Old Testament is the same God in the New Testament. That does also mean that the God in the Old Testament is not a God of wrath and vengeful and judgmental and judging. The God in the Old Testament is also a God of grace. And the God in the New Testament is also a God of wrath and judgment and grace. You got to stop saying that. That's not right. It's not, it's no different. Noah preached and God gave the people an opportunity to repent and they refused. And because they refused, God had to send judgment, the flood. All the way through scripture, no different. God is always a God of mercy and God is always a God of mercy. Of grace. And so, and a God of wrath and a God of judgment. And so we see that throughout all of Scripture. So Moses said, let them go that they might go, notice in your Bibles, and have a feast. Look at it in your Bibles. That they might go and sacrifice in verse 3. You see that? Say amen if you see it. That they might go and sacrifice. Or that they might go and have a feast in the wilderness, or that they might go and worship. Simply put, Pharaoh thought the people wanted to go worship the Lord in the wilderness, and Pharaoh thought that that was a waste of time. It was a waste of time for the people to go worship. But isn't it true that the Pharaohs of the world will always equate worship with a waste of time isn't that very true the pharaohs of the world will always equate worship with a waste of time you might remember jesus we talked about this on a sunday morning some time ago jesus had been invited to eat at the home of an ex-leper you remember him his name was simon remember And, and and jesus was there the 12 disciples were there mary martha lazarus was there that was the same lazarus that was raised from the dead I told you back then what I wouldn't have given to be around the table. and Got the ex-leper giving his testimony. And Lazarus giving his testimony. And the ex-leper was like, God healed me. Oh, it's the greatest testimony I had. God healed me. I was a leper and now I'm no more. You know, he probably, I once was blind, but now I see. Goes, oh, you know, you got to throw that in your testimony. And Lazarus said, yeah, well, I can top one better than
0: that.
1: I was dead. They're like, whoops, got me, man. I mean, (laughs) wow, I mean, can't get past that. And they're all gathered around the table, and, and they're just talking. And it was at that point, remember, a lady came in, and her name was Mary. Remember, she came in with a very expensive alabaster box of ointment. And she breaks the box and she pours it over Jesus' head. In the Greek language, listen to me close. In the Greek language, it wasn't like she took a dab of her very costly year's salary ointment and took a dab and put a little bit there on Jesus and put a little bit there. She might, you know, ladies, put a little bit there, a little bit there, rub it together. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like that. The Bible says she took that very expensive box of ointment she broke that box over his head, and the oil just poured and soaked his hair and soaked his beard. and it was her way of worshiping Jesus. And then, and, and Judas, it was at that time that Judas said that was a waste. He told her that was a waste. You't waste all that ointment pouring it over Jesus' head. You could have sold it and got some money for the poor," he said. Yeah, right. And in John's gospel, Jesus called Judas the son of perdition. The word perdition means waste. Judas said, Mary, that was a waste. Jesus said, Judas, you are a waste. Because it's never a waste to worship the Lord. Saints, it's never a waste to worship Jesus. Don't you remember the story in Luke chapter 10? Ma- Martha, she was busy. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus worshiping, and Martha got upset. And she said, Jesus, tell, tell, tell Mary to get up and help me with lunch. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha. You know, in the Bible, whenever you see two names together like that, Saul, Saul, Saul. Martha, Martha. Rodney, Rodney. (laughs) There's trouble coming. It's not going to be pretty. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha. He says, you're worried about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that which shall not be taken away from her. What did Mary choose? Mary chose to worship. And because Worship is never a waste. Jesus said, Martha, calm down. Mary's doing the right thing. Mary's worshiping me. Worship is never a waste of time. Don't let, listen, don't let the pharaohs of the world discourage you from seeking God. And from worshiping God. And so Pharaoh said, worship is a waste. And instead of letting them go, he says, I'm going to make it even more difficult for them. Pharaoh says, listen, if they are bored, if they have time to come and tell me that they want to go in the wilderness to worship, then they must have too much time on their hands. So instead of me giving them straw to make bricks, they can go get their own straw. And even though they have more work to do, I want the same output of production. You see what the Pharaoh do? He made the burden heavier. Look at verse 10 in chapter 5. And the taskmasters of the people and their officers went out and spoke to the people saying, Thus says the Lord, I will not give you straw. So get yourselves straw where you can find it. Yet none of your work will be reduced. And so the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. It's a lesser quality. And the taskmasters forced them to hurry, saying, Fulfill your work, your daily quota, as when there was straw. And also the officers of the children of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and were asked, Why have you not fulfilled your task in making brick, both yesterday and today, as before? Now stop right there. Give me your attention. Here's something very, very interesting for you. Archaeological people. It's very interesting that archaeologists, get this, have given testimony to the situation that we are reading about here in Exodus chapter 5. What do you mean, Rodney? Well, in the cities of Ramses and Pithom, remember them chapter 1? Ramses and Pithom, They have excavated, we now know, they have excavated large brick buildings. They have found, get this, on the lower levels of those buildings that the bricks are made with straw that have been finely cut and mixed up with mud and pitch. But as the building goes higher, on the higher levels in the building, the bricks are a lesser quality and they're made with stubble, just like the word says. And in some of those buildings at the very top, there's no stubble and there's no straw at all. all. So these archaeological finds... An archaeological spade, shovel, is bearing testimony to the fact that what God's word said happened, truly did happen. Because God's word is true, amen, saints? That's why, no surprise. It's also interesting, get this, that someone did some calculating. And who are these people? I do not know. They say, whoever they are, they obviously have no life. But... (laughs) It is interesting. Get this. They did some calculating and discovered that the bricks used in constructing the pyramids would form a wall 10 feet high, 5 feet thick. And get this. And this wall would stretch from Los Angeles to New York. Unbelievable. So we're talking about a lot of bricks. And when they couldn't keep up with the production, these taskmasters, they beat them. Look at verse 15. Then the officers of the children of Israel came and they cried out to Pharaoh, saying, Why are you dealing with dealing thus with your servants? There's no straw given to your servants, and they say to us, Make brick, and indeed your servants are beaten, but the fault is in your own people. But he said, Pharaoh said, You're idle, idle. Therefore you say, Let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Therefore go now and work, for no straw shall be given you, yet you shall deliver the quota of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel saw that they were in trouble after it was said, you shall not reduce any bricks from your daily quota. And so the children of Israel came to Moses. And they said, this isn't fair. They're beating us and blaming us and they aren't giving us straw and telling us we have to produce the same amount of bricks. We're willing to work, they said, but it isn't our fault. It's with your own people, they said. And the Pharaoh says, you're idle, you're idle. Or in other words, you're just being lazy. Go to work. Now, I want you to listen to me closely here. Listen close. In their beaten state, they went to Pharaoh to solve their problem. In their beaten state, they went to Pharaoh to solve their problem. Listen, big mistake. Big mistake. It's a big mistake. Why? Because in their beaten state, instead of going to the Pharaoh to solve the problem, they should have gone to the Lord. Don't you find it interesting that they went to Pharaoh? And note this, when they went to Pharaoh to find relief to solve their problem, they actually got in more bondage. Saint, listen, too often as a pastor, I see Christians putting themselves in the same situation. Satan gives them grief. And the first thing they do is run to Satan versus running to God. Listen, maybe you're going through something. And this is why I want you to listen close. Maybe you're going through something. I don't know. Is it with your spouse, with your employer, with an employee, with a friend, with someone at church? Whatever it is that is the point of your grief, listen, don't run to the Pharaoh. Don't run to the world. Don't run to Dr. Phil. Please don't run to Oprah. That woman has given more bad counsel than I've ever heard. She's killing folks. The high priests of daytime talk. It's almost weirdness out there. You notice, know, it's like an Oprahism. You know, Oprah religion. Oprah said it. What you going to do? What Oprah said? Huh? Listen, Christian, I'm not talking to Christians now. If you're not a Christian, you could probably go to sleep right here. But, 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 but listen, I'm talking to Christians. Amen. 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 I'm talking to Christians. If you know God and you love God and you are born again, when you have grief, when you have struggles, when you have difficulties in your life, it does not matter who it is, what it is, what the circumstances are. Do not go to the world. Go to God. What does that mean, Rodney? How does that flesh out practically? Pray. Talk to God about it. Read the word of God. Stay in fellowship. I see more Christians start going through stuff and stop coming to church. I don't understand that. Why is it? Why would you start going through things and stop coming to church? Here's what you do when you're going through things. That's when you come to church more. That's when you should always be in church. Come to church even when the church is locked. I mean, we just show up and you're like standing there. It's like, what are you doing? I'm I'm, I'm coming to church. Oh, well, you must have a lot of grief, man. I mean, it's like two in the morning. What are you doing here? But come to church. Come to the house of the Lord. Don't go to the world. Because if you go to the world, you will find yourself disappointed, watch this, and even in more bondage. That's what happened to them. They went to Pharaoh and they found themselves even in further bondage. And that's exactly what happens when Christians go to the world for counsel. They find themselves in further bondage. Listen, saints, it's always a mistake to go to man. Why? Because the Lord is the only one who understands. The Lord is the only one who has a real power to help. And when you respond by running to Satan or running to Pharaoh or running to the world, listen, you're going to find yourself damaged. It's going to hurt you further. Christian, go to the Lord. You know, someone once wrote this in a song and you're familiar with it. They said, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry what saints Demetrius to God in. Prayer. How is it that we know that so well? But we don't do it. You don't go to the world, you carry everything. In the Greek language, the word everything means everything. I like it a lot. Everything to God in prayer. Well, look at verse 20. Then, as they came out from Pharaoh, they met Moses and Aaron who stood there to meet them. And they said to them in verse 21, Let the Lord look on you and judge, because you have made us abhorrent in the sight of Pharaoh, and in the sight of his servants, to put a sword in their hand to kill us. And so... Moses returned to the Lord. Underline that, saints. Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Why is it that you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he's done evil to this people. Neither have you delivered your people at all. Give me your attention. As they came out, Moses and Aaron, we'll wrap it up. As they came out, from the presence of Pharaoh, Moses and Aaron run into the people. And I'm sure that the people look at Moses and Aaron, and they say, oh, great, look who's here. I can't believe it. It's you. Now, remember, Moses and Aaron are old gods. I mean, Moses is 80, and Aaron is 83. Matter of fact, I said... Last week, 88. Remember I said 88? Perhaps you forgot. And uh, that wasn't right. It was, Aaron is 83, not 88. Either way, when you're past 80, it don't matter. (laughs) Say amen. It don't matter, John, it don't matter. Past 80, you just, yo, I mean, what can you say? So these guys are standing there now notice the text, these guys are standing there and they're yelling at Moses and Aaron, and they says, "Listen, thanks a lot, Mo. You made us stink before the Pharaoh. Abhorrent. You made us stink. They said, "We're just fine. We were just fine until you came along." They saying, "We were happy slaves." Wait a minute. <laughs> happy slaves." No one's a happy slave. And isn't it amazing how quickly we forget how unhappy we were in the world? It's amazing to me how quickly our memories are so short. I mean, you become a Christian, oh man, this Christian thing ain't working out. I was, you know, I had more fun in the world. I had more fun with, I remember I used to go to Happy Hour, (laughs) Buffalo Wings, and cheese sticks, and happy hour. Boy, it sure was fun. Which I've never seen anybody happy at happy hour. <laughs> happy hour's not happy. You know why they call it happy hour? They should call it sad hour. <laughs> <laughs> not happy. Nothing's happy about happy hour. Oh, yeah, well, we had so much fun when we were in the world. We had a good time when we were in the world. Man, I remember we used to get, and I, you know, I don't, I don't really like, I'm telling you, I think there's something strange about Christians boasting about their BC days. I got to say it. Christians boast, man, when I was, before I was a Christian, I used to do this and run run the women and I was cool with macking and drinking and smoking and what, you know, it's almost like they're boasting. Be careful, let's not find ourselves boasting about our BC days. Because I'm going to tell you something. It was nothing good in your B.C. days. I don't care how much fun you think you had. It wasn't that fun. And how quickly we forget those mornings we woke up with a hangover. That Y'all woke up with a hangover. I'm not talking about me. <laughs> but you know, those mornings you woke up, man, you were sick. Your head was pounding. You had to get a drink in order to get back to life. Couldn't find your wallet when you did, all your money was gone. You didn't know what happened. You don't remember last night. Listen, back in your B.C. days, it wasn't that great. Oh, Moses, it's you. You show up and man, you made our lives miserable. You made made us worse off than we were. When actually God sent Moses to deliver them. If anything, why not say, hey, Mo, what you doing here? Well, God sent me. Really sent you to do what? Deliver us. Yay! (laughs) Instead, what are you doing here? We were happy slaves. Now you make it worse. You see? It wasn't that happy. They weren't that happy. But how quickly we forget the times that we experience pain. We forget. So in verse 22, it tells us, Moses, I had you underline it. Look at it again. Moses returned to the Lord. Now, saints, I believe that this is the key to Moses' success. I believe that over and over and over again, he returns to the Lord. The Bible says he returned to the Lord. You see, Moses' success is that even when things got bad, he would go back and pray. He would go back and seek the Lord. And most of the book of Exodus, you study his life. and since he returned to the Lord. He was always on his face to the Lord. I bet you when we get and get to heaven, you, you just look for the guy with the flat nose. I'm serious. It's like, who, where's Moses? Oh, oh, that must be him, his nose is. Because he's always on his face to the Lord, man. Just always crying out to God, which is a good thing. And that's why he was successful. And that's why God led him, and that's why God used him, because he would seek the Lord. So Moses went to the Lord, and this time he went to the Lord. Notice what he said. He says, God, why have you done this to me? God, what's going on? God, you told me to come. God, you're the one that showed up at the bush. You're the one that showed me the tricks, the snake, the hand. You're the one that did all that. God, the water to blood. God, I'm doing what you told me to do. And now the Pharaoh's mad at me. The Egyptians are mad at me. And my own people are mad at me, Moses would say. And I'm sure he's probably standing there thinking, Lord, I told you not to even send me in the beginning. I told you that they wouldn't receive me. I told you that I couldn't talk. I told you that Pharaoh wouldn't listen. I told you the children of Israel. I think Moses went before the Lord. And here's my point. He got real before God. And saints, let me tell you something. Always, always, always be real before God. Now, let me caution you. Don't get too real. You know, like parents and kids. You know, my kids can get real. They can speak and talk to dad about anything. But don't get too crazy. Don't get too real. Because I'm your dad. I'm not your friend. So figure out a way to be respectful but yet be honest. God can deal with that.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 be salt and light.
1: Let me be-